Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Across the Board Best Bets YouTube show and podcast. Uh, my name is John Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter at Cleveland Spider. That's Spider with a Y, S P Y D E R. And with me, as always, is my co host, Chandler Adams. You can find him on Twitter at Chandler Adams with two S's on the end. Uh, Chandler, it is week nine. And uh, I think I know how you're feeling uh, because it's not week eight anymore. So I'll ask you, how are you feeling, bud? You're right. Feeling much better that it's not week eight. However, full disclosure, because believe it or not, this super, probably the highest quality production podcast you're ever listening to, <laughs> watching, whatever. Um, I'm not going to say which one of us records the show and post them. However, they were dumb enough to have John coming through two audio ports. So this is kind of what the podcast sounded like when I posted last night. Ladies, ladies, and gentle, gentlemen, welcome, welcome well, to the Cross Cross Board Board. <laughs> and so I posted it without listening to it because, you know, I usually don't mess up. And then I thought, I better just click on it and see. And I decided maybe it's best if we re-record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, uh... I've been better, but I've definitely been worse. Well, that would have been, yeah, it would have been funny to explain the, uh, oh well, gosh. folks, we uh, recorded the uh, first ever time recording in a cave. It did not go as well as we thought. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to just oh. stick to the studio stuff. So, yes, we did record this uh, yesterday, which was Friday. Um, today is Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, we're, this is part two or version two, I guess we'll say. Uh, but we'll make it 2.0. It's going to be that much better. So, um, but yeah. We'll still uh, try to make it fun for you guys. We <laughs> and we recorded week eight. the best. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we we you know we always recap the week before and then we move on to you know the current week and the DFS uh, lineup advice. I mean that's the structure of the show. You guys, anybody's been watching for a while knows that. Uh, week eight was a fucking disaster. So the the NFL man, and, and this happens. There's always a week or two like this every year where. You know, just when you think, hey, you know, I, I'm feeling good about this. I even said this on the show last week. You know, I'm feeling good. I, th I feel like I'm seeing the games right. I'm paying attention to the, you know, the the stats and info that matter and ignoring the noise, the stuff that doesn't. And the NFL just, you know, just flips the tables on you. And absolutely. I mean, and that's what happened. Like every could not have been more confident in Green Bay last week, Tennessee. And, you know, they just they look like. It's like week one. Like they haven't played football for eight weeks. It's just it was amazing. So, um, yeah, we'll recap week eight real fast and get on to week nine, obviously, so we can get this thing going for you guys. Um, but uh, before we do, like always, we'll uh, talk about our two sponsors. Our show is sponsored uh, this week, uh, like always, by Bovada. So you can go to uh, our website. It's atbsports.net, and you can find the link for Bovada there. If you use the link and you're a first-time user, uh, first-time depositor on Bovada, and you whatever you deposit, they'll give you a 50% match bonus. So feel free to, you know, if you're going to place bets on the games and you want to use Bovada, you can get a little bit extra money, uh, free money, which is always awesome. And then we're also brought to you every week by the Hawaii Coffee Company. Uh, again, atbsports.net. You can click on the Hawaii Coffee Company link found there. Uh, your first order, you'll get a 10% discount. The coffee is excellent, so if you've never tried it before and you're a coffee drinker, give it a shot because uh, really, really good stuff. You'll like it a lot. So uh, tons of cool different you know flavors and varieties and stuff, so something for everybody on there. So give them a, give them a 
uh, chance. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, okay. So with that out of the way, yeah, let's get through week eight real fast. Um, so we were both one and two, which I will say the, not the silver lining, but, um, the good news is that was the first time in eight weeks that we both had, uh, you know, a one and two or an under 500, uh, week. So either one of us, you know, if one of us was one and two, the other one was two and one or three and oh, so, you know, we had never both tanked in the same week before, which is really good obviously. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, last week, week eight, you had Cleveland. Uh, no, that's week seven. Excuse me. There's my week eight plays. Here we go. So you had the Rams, uh, minus two and a half in the first half, minus minus one fifteen at Miami. Uh, Miami obviously won the game. Uh, the halftime score was 28, 10. So that bet lost. You had the Raiders at the Browns. You had the first quarter over nine and a half, which was minus minus one twenty. Uh, zero, zero at the end of the first quarter. I mean, the wind was insane in that game. They tried the, uh, Carlson kicked a field goal for the Raiders that was looked like an Poor invisible guy. hand swatted it out of the air. I, that was so funny. I mean, it was going straight and then it just took a left turn. It was like, it just wasn't even close. So that wind was nuts there. Um, and then your win last week was your teaser. So you had a two team teaser. Um, it was plus six minus minus one twenty juice. You had Chicago plus 10 and a half versus new Orleans. Uh, New Orleans won the game 26-23, but that 10.5 was never in danger of not covering. That was a really good play by you. Uh, Chicago kept it close the entire time uh, with their defense, like we kind of, you know, like you expected they would. Dallas plus 16.5 at Philly was your other play, which I called you a psychopath for picking Dallas, but I got to hand it to you. I mean, it was a little shaky, and you won. I mean, they, was what, they, was, uh, 23 to 9 was the final score. So, I mean, it was definitely tight, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, teased up. I think uh, you know from. I probably sat there on my calculator, subtracting nine from twenty-three forty times before <laughs> the game ended. I'm like, there's no way that's right. Did I? Did it? Did, did it I win? Work? Did it win? Did because it, that it was my like. I mean, it's pretty obvious if you listen to the show. That was like my. You know what? Screw it. I'm having a good season. Let's try. Let's try and get some funky with the pick, and. Believe it or not, that one worked. And then um, yep. my other plays were just bad. They were just bad calls by me. I should have looked better into it. I told I on the podcast we recorded yesterday. I told John, maybe I just wasn't putting as much effort as I needed to in these picks. So this week we're going six and zero. Tired of pissing around. Yep. Yeah, we need a first six and zero week for sure. We haven't had that yet. Uh, so we got to get there for sure. Um, my plays last week also one. Like I said, I was also one and two. Uh, Indianapolis, I had them minus three, minus one ten at Detroit. And of course they won that game 41, 21. That was a smoke show the whole time. So easy win there. Uh, the rest of the week was not easy at all. My two team teaser, uh, also plus six minus one twenty juice lost. Um, I, both of them lost hysterically. I had green Bay minus a half a point versus Minnesota. They lost the game 28, 22. I had Tennessee minus one at Cincinnati. They lost the game 31, 20. Um, and then I had the Rams minus three and a half minus one ten at Miami, just a full game instead of the halftime play like you had. Uh, the game ended up twenty eight seventeen Miami. Um, like <laughs> that Miami game, I, I've never been more pissed off. So Miami last week they won the game twenty eight to seventeen. They the Rams outgained the Dolphins four seventy one to one forty five. So almost five hundred yards of offense for the Rams. 
the Dolphins didn't get to 150 total yards, and they win the game. Miami had two turnovers, went 3-12 and 12 on third down, and they held the ball for 23 minutes and 30 seconds in that game, out of 60 minutes, obviously. I just... They're, if you looked at that box score, you'd be like, well, the Rams won by, what, 25, 30? And nope, they lost. So just just an unbelievable uh, result. I, I, I just, I don't understand. I think if the Rams play the Dolphins, you know, every week, you know, the Rams win seven, eight times out of ten. So uh, just an unbelievable. But like I said, week eight was a disaster. Uh, nothing we could do about it now. But, um, but yeah. So total records-wise, uh, obviously, since we both went one and two last week, um, that puts us so you're at 13, 10, and one uh, for the season, which is 56%. So you're still above the uh, threshold for break even, um, which I've mentioned before. But 52.4% is when you're betting at minus 110 juice, you got to be above that to uh, to uh, cash to make money, actually. So uh, if you're exactly at 52.4, it's break even. And then anything less, obviously, you're losing money. Um, I am 13 and 10. Uh, on the season. So just a half game behind you, um, 54% for me. So again, above the threshold, but you know, that's a little closer than obviously we'd like it to be for sure. So, um, yeah, let's see if we can, uh, yank a six and O week, uh, out of the sky here. That would be great. I haven't done that yet. So let's see if we can get there. Um, okay. So week eight is, uh, behind us. Thank God. Uh, we'll never ever speak about it again. Um, it's the Voldemort. Well, it's he who shall not be named or spoken of or anything. So that's the end of that. Uh, let's get on the week nine. Interesting card, that's for sure. I don't, there aren't, um, some weeks there are a lot of games, you know, like I like where you could go, you know, hey, there's like seven, eight, nine games that I honestly would, you know, bet if I, if I, um, or I just, you know, I would honestly bet. But I don't think that's the case this week. But the four or five that I really like, I really like. So, I think there's some uh, really solid plays this week. So, uh, Chandler, we, um, uh, in order to decide who goes first in our you know picks, uh, we have we go to last week's record, um, which is new for us. We changed it up. We, we were going to do it by the overall record for the year, but instead we're just going to do it by uh, whoever had the best record the week before. We were both one and two, uh, so obviously we tied. So um, your record overall is better. So let you uh, lead us off here with your first best bet of the week. Uh, so what do you got for us today, Chandler? Week nine, first best bet. Yep. I'm angry about last week. I'm angry about the terrible <laughs> job by me recording the episode correctly. <laughs> so I'm going to keep this one short. Um, before I even tell you, I'm just going to give you some facts about this game. Russell Wilson is 24-9 and nine since being drafted while he plays on the East Coast. I knew you were going to pick this game. Yeah. I'm, just, oh, I'm he, so yeah, mad. It, this is a fucking impossible stat. This does not happen. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers. This kind of stat and winning your last 10 in the East Coast, being yep. the farthest west you can be, and... I mean, let's not let's not like pretend like this isn't phenomenal. Russell Wilson in the last four years, three years, has not had a good team. <laughs> they simply are not a good team. Yep. One of the worst offensive lines before this year. All he had was an aging Doug Baldwin who had a lot of injury problems. Will Disley, yeah. injury problems, and Tyler Lockett, phenomenal wide receiver. He had that. He hasn't had a 
Like Chris Carson's good in fantasy and stuff, but he hasn't had a running back one. He hasn't had a Nick Chubb. He hasn't had a Derrick Henry. On defensive yep. side of the ball, the last three years they've been piss poor. They've got one of the best linebackers in NFL history, and then nothing else to show for. So, yep. Like I, Russell Wilson, I'm just happy he's finally getting traction because I've been on this. Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the NFL train for three seasons now, and I've gotten a lot of hate for it. But to continue with this, on first downs, John, he is three on first downs with three wide set. The Seahawks grade positively 60% of the time they throw the ball. Insane. Wow. Okay, so what happens when they don't throw the ball? they got to be predictable. Oh, when they run, they get five and a half yards per carry with DJ Dallas, Chris Carson, and uh, Travis Homer. Homer? Homer. 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 You got it. Um, yeah, three household names right there. And Carlos Hyde. Sorry, four <laughs> household names. Um, and on the flip side, the Bills on first down on three wide sets defensively allow a gr- positive grade 48% of the time. So this game is going to be a lot of deep plays, uh, d- deep runs, deep passes on first down. There's going to be a lot of big plays on the first down for the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, be- the, another thing is the Bills like to blitz. They love to blitz, and this defense is bad. They're 30, 30th, 29th, or 30th in the league in pass and run defense. Um, and Russell Wilson has always been the best quarterback in the league against the blitz, and that hasn't changed since he's been the past like six years. He's been number one or two, which is yep. ridiculous with no offensive line. And then last. Um, Against number one receivers, and the Seahawks now have two wide receiver ones. D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Tyler Lockett are both wide receiver ones. This doesn't happen a lot, ever really. I mean, I'd say the the Browns had OBJ and Jarvis Landry, but they didn't both perform as wide receiver ones. So this is is a very rare situation that they have right now. It's like Diggs and Thielen like two years ago when they were both like top eight. You're like, wow, these are unbelievable. It is. It almost never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills are 31st in the league against wide receiver ones. Even with Tredavious White, <laughs> they grade terribly. And Tredavious White's graded as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So, yep. don't know what happened to the Bills. They are definitely are regressing at the rate that everyone expected them to. And sad to say, Josh Allen is not going to have more touchdowns, a better touchdown interception ratio than Peyton Manning. Who would have guessed that? Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, Seahawks minus three in Buffalo, 1 p.m., 11 straight for Russ on the road. Yep. In the East. Um, I, I love I love that play. The stats you provided are incredible. That's a great job um, digging into that to uncover that stuff. Um, yeah, this is the play. Like I, you always hear with these, you know, these betting schmucks that are like. This is a five star bet of the year. You know, it's the pink slip. Like, put your car on the. You know, like that's that shit's ridiculous, obviously. But, but this of all the bets of all the games we've looked at in these eight, you know, nine weeks now, uh, this is the best one I have seen of this year so far. Like, I cannot believe this is minus three. That's all you have to lay with, you know, Russell Wilson in Seattle um, against the the flailing Bills. Um, I like if this if uh, if I had. Uh, a better record last week and gotten to play first this week. I would have chosen this game for sure. Like I'm pissed that you got to take it. So good for you, obviously. But yeah, this is a great play. Um, just real quick, since I dug into this a lot too, because I wanted to use this play. Um, so Seattle's point differentials, uh, 
plus 41 on the season. Okay. Buffalo's point differential, they're six and two, remember. They are minus one on the season. They've given up one more point than they've scored. Okay. So, and here's the schedule. They uh, they played they had the Jets at home. They won. They were at Miami. They won uh, by three points. They uh, uh, were at home against the Rams in week three. We remember that. They had a huge lead. And the Rams came storming back. And that bullshit pass interference call is what gave them the win. Um, week four, they were at the Raiders. And they won by seven. Uh, they got whipped by Tennessee. That was in Tennessee in week five. They lost to Kansas City as well. And then they beat the Jets uh, 18 to 10 in week seven. 18 to 10. That's the, you beat the Jets. Like the Jets are horrid and you you can't get over 20 points against the Jets defense. Okay. And then obviously last week uh, they beat New England by three, which, you know, if um, Cam Newton doesn't fumble at the end of that game, I mean, they were driving it's you know, it's at least a field goal to tie and then who knows what happens, but look, they're six and two and I get it, but this is what a paper tiger they are. I mean, they're just, there's nothing to be afraid of here. So, um, Russell Wilson, all those stats you use, that's incredible. And I totally agree with you here. This is a phenomenal play. This is minus three, 105 at Buffalo. So that's what will be the official play for you. So great job. Um, so my first play is going to be New Orleans plus four and a half uh, at Tampa Bay. This game is on Sunday Night Football. Um, the uh, New Orleans is getting Michael Thomas back. So, you know, that's helpful, obviously. Um, we're going to see Antonio Brown suit up for the first time this year with Tampa Bay, obviously. And I think that will definitely help their offense. Uh, Brady basically, you know, forced that and said, went out and, you know, told the coach in the front office, like, go get him. I want him on the team. So, you know, obviously um, they looked good, obviously, together. It was small sample size last year, just one game. But uh, but yeah, so I do think that'll matter. But the problem is, is that uh, so New Orleans is seven and one against the spread as an underdog since 2018. So, you know, right there, like you, you got a, a good team in a situation where you're getting four and a half points in a game that they definitely could win. Um, you know, for sure. I like that. I think, you know, even if they lose, it'll be a tight contest. Thomas being back is helpful. Even if um, Carlton Davis like shadows him the entire time, like it just means that he can't cover, you know, someone else. Emmanuel Sanders is back from the COVID list. So he's going to play, you know, Traquan Smith will be in a little bit, but just having Thomas back is so helpful to the things that they, they're so much more versatile on offense um, and not such a Alvin Kamara funnel, which even despite the fact that, you know, that they're going to give Kamara a ton of touches. He's been really good this year. Like re he'll probably break the um, receptions record for running backs, uh, which is incredible. So, but um but yeah, so the uh, the last thing for me that I that really put me over the edge was um, the Monday Night Football game last week. So Tampa Bay, obviously, they barely beat the Giants. Um, I was shocked at how well the Giants were able to run the ball um, with Wayne Gallman. You know, Devontae Freeman was out. Um, Gallman looked good against that defense. And this defense had been historically, you know, like one of the best, like top 15 defenses, you know, like ever recorded, according to football outsiders, uh, outsiders, excuse me the um you know their metric dvoa like tampa bay up till like last week was in like the top 15 of any defense they've recorded since 1985 so you know playing historically well vita vea, uh, vita vea is their nose tackle who's out and he like he makes a big difference i knew he was good but my goodness i didn't realize like how good he was um so no vita vea i think they're going to struggle up front a little bit to contain kamara you got michael thomas back um, and like I said, Breeze is an underdog. It's just, you know, it's too good to pass up. But Sean Payton is an excellent coach. Um, 
So I'm definitely I'm curious about Antonio Brown. I think they're definitely going to hit some big plays. Uh, the Saints secondary has been pretty suspect, but um, but yeah, I mean, I just I, it's just too much point. It's too many points to give a team like uh, New Orleans, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, all that. So so that's first play for me is going to be New Orleans plus four and a half minus one ten at Tampa Bay. Um, that'll be my first best bet of the week. Um, okay, Chandler. Well, what do you got for number two, sir? So, one second. Take your time. Yeah, sound so, like we're doing a podcast or yeah, anything. I know. <laughs> um, commercial break, so and we're now back. Now I'm going to give <laughs> you. Uh, so there were not just there just weren't a lot of there were a lot of plays I liked, very few plays I loved. Um, one that okay. I keep I kept going back to were the Giants plus two and a half. John called me such bad words off air to that. So <laughs> I cried. I regathered and realized I wasn't going to go with the Giants plus three, even though I still really like that play. They're not getting blown out this year. I mean, however, listen, when you can run to the tease, window and put money down on Daniel Jones, you got gonna, to, right? You, you just, if you can tease absolutely. the Giants up to eight and a half this week, I really like that. But there are two that, teases I like a lot more. They okay. are the New England Patriots down to two and a half versus the New York Jets. Dominant okay. football team, but I just think they're going to slip up this week. Um, <laughs> and then I love it. the other tease I really like is the Chicago Bears – Versus the Tennessee Titans. So the Bears are six and a half right now, underdog. Uh, they're going to Tennessee, who just lost to the Bengals, so I expect them to be pissed off. Vrabel's going to have them ready. They're going to probably win this game. I would about guarantee the Titans will win this game. Okay. And I've talked crap about the Bears all season, but like they just keep winning. They just keep beating good teams. They keep beating teams better than the Titans. So it's hard to lay six and a half points, and then I can move that all the way up to 12 and a half points. Uh, yeah. This defense just isn't built to get blown out. Uh, offense sucks. Maybe Allen Robinson will have a game. Uh, but the big part about this game is Derrick Henry's not going to be able to run for 300, 200 yards on you. He's not going to go for three touchdowns and, you know, a bunch of yards. He's going to have probably a 80 to 100 yard game, maybe a touchdown. But, like, you just can't run on the Bears. There are some teams you can't run on. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. So if they make him throw the ball, Khalil Mack. Can, did Khalil Mack go from being the biggest name in the NFL to the least talked about superstar who still performs super well ever? It's like falling off a cliff. Absolutely. It's not yep. like his play has either. His no, play. I know. You're right, though. You're right. It's insane. Um, but it's okay. Yep. It's all going to Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald, which rightfully so, I think those two are above the league so far. So far above the league. Uh, killing it. TJ Watt's up it. there. T- yeah. T- those I was three. just going to say. TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I see Browns fans bickering with Steelers fans all the time. Just stop. I it's Miles Garrett's super phenomenal, but I don't think you can just say he's better than TJ Watt outright. I mean, they they're just so good at different things. TJ Watt drops into coverage. I mean, doesn't do anything fancy. He drops into his zone, but he's he's versatile. <laughs> he can he can move. He's not going to Yep. Uh, if yeah, he his lateral movement everything's about tj watts insane so just enjoy it i just had a point where i'm trying to enjoy (laughs) watching good football like the steelers run will be over soon big ben's getting there i thought this would be the year but he's still good (laughs) actually he's not good he's not playing well so i don't know what's going on but anyway bears plus six and a half love tease that up to 12 and a half uh teasing the pats down to they 
earlier in the week there was a seven they were seven point favorites so you could tease it all the way down to one that was a freaking hand me down i mean hand me down good god <laughs> i don't even know what i was trying to say that was a, my my older brother gave yeah, me a sweater that was a that was a give me play uh we didn't record mm-hmm. that early so you're getting two and a half points that's still plenty so yeah yeah uh, this is a great teaser. Um, yeah, I love both plays. Taking New England down, you just have to win by a field goal, which against the Jets, they should you know, have no problem. Um, I think Cam Newton will look good as far as running the ball again this week. Um, and Damian Harris as well. If you like are fantasy-wise, if you have him in like a season-long league or whatever, like this is a great week to actually use him. He doesn't, He's not involved much in the passing game, but they should control you know, the, um, the game, so he's, they should use him a ton. And uh, he's been good when he's gotten a lot of carries. He's had a couple hundred yard games when he's uh, gotten the ball. So, um, and then yeah, Chicago just is able to hang in. Their defense is really good. Tennessee's obviously struggling. I don't think you know we don't think they're going to be able to run the ball like you said. So these are two uh, solid plays. I really like that. Um, you know, New England just has to win by a field goal, and Chicago should definitely hang in with Tennessee. So, um, all right. So my uh, second play uh, for this week is going to be Arizona um, in the first half minus two and a half. Uh, minus 120 against Miami. Um, So the game, the line for the entire game is uh, Arizona minus four and a half. Um, There's one three and a half on the board. That's crazy. I would absolutely take that for the game. Um, I don't hate the four and a half for the game here. Um, I just, you know, there's just no reason to screw around like with, uh, you know, a backdoor touchdown or field goal or something, you know, Arizona wins by four and you lose by the hook. Um, that's obviously very frustrating. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't know. I'm not like super confident here that Arizona's going to blow out Miami or anything like that. I'm definitely not saying that, but I do think that they are the better team and Miami has some issues they're still dealing with. So, but, um, but so just the better number here, and, and that's really what this is like the, you hear this a lot in gambling circles, you know, we bet on, you know, we bet numbers, we don't bet teams, um, and that basically just means like, look, like you, you want to get like good numbers, right? Like you can like a team, but if the number's bad, it just doesn't make a difference, mm-hmm. you know? So, so minus two and a half in the first half, like that's a fantastic, you know, we just have to be up a field goal at halftime, you know, and we've got this. So um, main reason for the play it has a lot to do with what we saw last week, obviously a very different team with Tua, um, you know, and there's only one game of sample size, so we don't have a ton of history to fall back on here. Um but they didn't. They didn't look good at all. Like Tua struggled. Um, they couldn't. You know, like I said, 150 yards basically for the game. 145 against the Rams. Um, the Rams defense is obviously better than Arizona, but they're not that far off. Um, the uh, the Dolphins are going to be missing. Miles Gaskin is on IR, so you're going to have Jordan Howard, who's just a straightforward plotter. Um, you know, they'll have, uh, Matt Breda is not playing Lynn Bowden's on the COVID list. Like they're going to struggle to run the ball. And I think that's the part that really is the clincher for me. Like if you're, it's game two for Tua, if you're just going to say, Hey, we really can't run the ball. So just go out and win us a game, you know, um, against a, a pretty good Arizona team, both on defense and, you know, kind of a high powered offense as well. I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it at all. So, um, you know, minus two and a half in the first half is a solid play here. Uh, the Dolphins' um, rush defense is a problem as well. Their defense overall is very good, and Brian Flores should get a lot of credit for what he's done with this team. But um, their rush defense is is it uh, is susceptible to big plays, explosive plays. 
that's Chase Edmonds. That might as well be his nickname is Chase Explosive Plays Edmonds. Like he's better than Kenyon Drake, just flat out. Like he's a better running back. So I'm excited to see him this week. I think that's going to really have an impact. And then last, uh, when the Dolphins played Josh Allen, Allen ran all over them. They could not contain uh, a running quarterback. And Murray's just uh, he's a better runner than than Allen. He's faster. He's quicker. He's so he's so shifty and impossible to keep you know, in the pocket, whatever. So if they're going to struggle to contain him and um, Chase Edmonds will be able to hit some big plays, I I think this is going to be, you know, you're not stopping DeAndre Hopkins, of course, no matter what you do. So he'll get his. But um, but yeah, so we just have to be up a field goal at halftime. I love that. So it's just going to be uh, Arizona in the first half, minus two and a half, minus 120 uh, against Miami will be my second best bet for week nine. Um, Chandler. Terrible. <laughs> I like it. Well, now I, I like it now I really love it. So <laughs> that's good. Point. Um, good point. All right, buddy. We take us home. What do you got for your third and final best bet for Week Nine, sir? Yeah, I'm gonna keep this one short. Um, Raiders Chargers, fifty-one and a half point over. Um, okay. Raiders have had a lot of shootouts with teams with better defenses than the Chargers. Chargers lose Desmond King. And on the flip side, the Raiders can get scored on easily if you can attack them down the field. Uh, the Chargers and Justin Herbert are throwing it on first down at a super high rate this year. And uh, Justin Herbert's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL right now. So all yeah. that combined, a lot of offensive firepower and not a lot of defense on each side. You got players like – is that on your end this time? Yeah, that's uh... – got some hillbilly neighbors that have like 16 four-wheelers and a couple dirt bikes and uh yeah absolutely so good times absolutely um so yeah every saturday i really like this over i'm gonna go (laughs) hang out with john's buddies down by the lake after this uh yeah so that's that's that um yeah this is good so 51 and a half this thing opened at 56 and it got bet down and now it's starting to go in the other direction so yeah, big time line uh, value. You probably are going to get it at the basement. Like this will be the best number that will have been available at all. Um, so uh, you, first of all, your three plays this week already like the, the the analysis on them, like the way you're talking about them. It's it feels light years better than the way you talked about last yeah. week's too. So I I think you should be applauded for that for sure. Like it's pretty. This is you know it's impressive. Um, so. And then second of all, like just getting value on these numbers and stuff, Seattle minus three, this is not going to be minus three come kickoff. There's no way. Like Seattle, I wouldn't be shocked at all. That's a great point. Um, Same thing with this over here. Like you're going to have to um, get it now if you want to play because it's going to be 52, 52 and a half, maybe even back up to 53. So um, don't, you know, get a good number, like get the best of the number when you can. And you've, you've got chances here with Seattle. And with this over as well. So great job um, by you. Excellent pick. So my third play uh, is going to be a two-team teaser. Uh, We've taken, you know, six points, minus 120 juice, like typical. Uh, We're going to play, the first leg is going to be Houston. We're going to take that down to minus one uh, at Jacksonville. And then we're going to take the the second leg is going to be Tennessee down to minus a half a point versus Chicago. Um, For the Houston side of this, it's just a simple, you know, the Jacksonville's got to start, uh, you know, seventh, sixth round, seventh round rookie, um, Jake Luton um, out of Oregon State, uh, who, 
and this is crazy, but we, uh, if you guys have been watching our show for a while, you know, in the March and April, we did the, um, uh, we did the pre-draft analysis, you know, we covered all the position groups <laughs> and James Robinson was my sleeper running back to watch out for this year. And Jake Luton was my sleeper quarterback. Uh, that was, you know, so a, if he actually looks good this weekend like that, I'll just be over the moon, happy about those two calls and B. Oh yeah. Victory lap big time. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll ne- I will never shut up about this. Like if I get these two things right, I will be absolutely unbearable to be around for sure. Like, you talk about head blowing up. That's 100%. And just the chances that both of these guys would end up on Jacksonville, and if they both like look good in their rookie year, that would just be so crazy to happen. But uh, but yeah, but we'll see. I don't, you know, Robinson I felt really strong about. Luton is just more of a like, well, I hope this kid, you know, gets a chance or, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, like rookie quarterback in his first game, um, the Texans defense has been horrible. They're the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL. Jacksonville, oddly enough, is 31. So, but, uh, so I'm not, it's not like they're Luton's got to play, you know, the, the Rams like Aaron Donald or like the, you know, the Steelers defense or something like that. But it just, um, you know, they're still going to have chances Houston to, you know, disrupt things, uh, put pressure on them. Hopefully he'll make a couple rookie mistakes, things like that. And basically the bottom line is you're just like, look, you can take Deshaun Watson versus a rookie quarterback. Like, do you, you just have to win the On game? Like, team. I'll take that. Right, exactly. I'll take that every single time. So, um, so yeah, just, you know, Houston minus one. I just think they just have to win the game, basically. And I, I think they can definitely do that uh, against a really bad Jacksonville team, starting a rookie quarterback, of course. And then the second leg, Tennessee minus a half a point. Um, so, the one thing that Tennessee didn't get any pressure on um, Joe Burrow last week, and and Cincinnati was missing two of their starting uh, linemen. Their line is terrible to begin with, and they were you know down two starters, and Tennessee still couldn't get any pressure. Uh, Jadavian Clowney sucks this year. I mean, he just flat out sucks. It's hysterical. So, um, so you know, I keep making arguments against the bet that I'm making. So the the most important thing that uh, factored into last week too was that even though they couldn't get pressure, their secondary was dreadful um, because Odori Jackson uh, was out and he's been good. He's been real good. So the um, the Titans were also they've been using Jonathan Jonathan Joseph, who's like the worst ranked quarterback, rated quarterback in the NFL. He's um, I'm sorry, cornerback. He's terrible. So they uh, they cut Jonathan Joseph and Chris Jackson. They added Desmond King this week. And then they get Dory Jackson back and healthy. So I that's going to make a huge difference versus a bad Nick Foles. Um, you know, just I just I don't their their run Chicago's running game. They struggle to run the ball, whether it's in good or bad matchups. They just they just don't do it. Uh, Montgomery looks slow out there. He's just not you know, he's not he doesn't look good at all. And then you've got two, you know, really healthy and good additions to the Tennessee secondary against Nick Foles. I love that part of it. Um, I think your analysis about Chicago was really good. I just think that in a, if it's a close game, you know, Tennessee can grind this kind of thing, you know, out like uh, Henry's not going to go crazy. Obviously, I totally agree. But if, you know, if it's a t- let's say the Tennessee's up three late, like I would absolutely trust Derrick Henry to help them, you know, uh, eat uh, clock, you know, uh, get some, you know, solid yardage at the end of the game and basically put the, uh, you know, put the game away uh, more than I would for Chicago to, you know, just stonewall him and get a bunch of three and outs so they could keep getting the ball back. Even if that happens, you, you've got, you've got, you know, Nick Foles has to 
play well and you know get them down the field to lead like a game-winning touchdown drive no i just i don't see it so um you know tennessee minus a half a point it's just too good of a number to uh to get here so so yeah so we'll go with houston minus one at jacksonville tennessee minus a half point against chicago and that is my third best bet of the week um feeling really good about all those again let's we haven't had a six in a week yet but it's it's coming for sure so why not this week right um but yeah all right so that wraps up uh the best bets portion of the show um like always we like to do a little non you know football related question uh as we transition to our dfs plays um so here's the question for you this week chandler um give me uh one or two you know top three whatever um uh albums so music albums that you like you know now like you will never ever get sick of listening to you could just play it on repeat forever and ever you know it's like desert island you know top one two three whatever albums that you just you you play into oblivion forever and ever and you'll never get sick of i had myself muted because the yee truck went by apology Oh. Um, <laughs> so back. the people that were watching probably think I'm a psychopath because I was staring at the TV talking. <laughs> um, so when we did this last night and I had you guessing, you were very surprised by my first album. Shocked. And I think yep. not only is the band maybe shocking, um, I guess I don't know what I come off as as a music listener, but I think the album, I think I might be the only person in the world who says this is my favorite album by this band. Um, <laughs> but it's Queen, and the album is The Works. So for those of you hey. unfamiliar with The Works off the top of your head, it's because it's not a very good album. However, on The Works is <laughs> Radio Gaga and Hammer to Fall. So those are my two. It, it, Hammer to Fall and Killer Queen are tied for second. I don't know which one I like more. Um, but Radio Gaga is my all-time <laughs> favorite song, probably, uh, especially Queen song. And I have listened to that thing a thousand times and still not tired of it. And I fell in love with it <laughs> when I watched Live Aid on YouTube. And, like, when I watched Live Aid and they sang that song, mm -hmm. you could feel the power. And the biggest performance, that was the most people ever in a crowd. And it was insane. Uh, at least to yep. that point, it was the most people ever to crowd. I'm assuming that's still probably number one for especially like could be the the fact that it was in a stadium, not just like in a grass lane. I don't know. Fucking Woodstock may have had more people one year. I don't know, but that's a lot less. Mm. You know what I mean? Like security, take, yeah, like all that. But anyway, then I watched Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, just doubled down mm -hmm. on it because they redid that performance and they made Radio Gaga was like the song that that's the last thing you remember from Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, by the way, just a round yep. of applause. I can't remember his name. Remy something. Rami Malik. Rami Malik. Yep. What a fucking performance. Yep. He'll never live up to that performance. I apologize. He never will. He'll never have. He'll never be in a movie where people are as awestruck by him as that one because he did so well on his first big movie, which is great. It was and impressive. Shitty at the same time. Anyway. <laughs> so fucking good. Second album yeah. is License to Ill by the Beastie Boys. My first ever C D yes. I ever owned. Yes. I know nine of the thirteen songs word for word. Uh, I've rapped 
uh, no sleep till Brooklyn uh, in front of hundreds of people at a campground. I was sober, which was <laughs> impossible. My cousin was drunk, so he talked me into it. And I was a sober one, and I did it. Um, awesome. Uh, my, all my friends know if they play that. If that song starts playing, they will literally walk out of the room. I get that into it. Um, I love it. I love, love it. Beastie Boys. Paul Revere is one of the all-time just like – if you're drinking and Paul Revere comes on – and you know someone that's with you that knows that song, you instantly run yep. and grab them and you start going crazy. Like that's the number one song for that type of mood. Um, 100%. But yeah, what what are your, your yep. albums really surprised me as well. So I want to okay, so tell the good people. First of all, the uh, License to Ill by the Beastie Boys was the first tape I ever owned. Okay, cassette tape. Uh, <laughs> it's first yeah, tape you owned CD. <laughs> right, because right, I was born in 1875, so... Um, but yeah, and then my cousin <laughs> took me a second. I'm like, 1975, you're not that old. <laughs> 18, yeah. Um, so close. I 1978 is when I was born. Oh, so you're yeah, not that old. old. Stop making fun old. of you. 42. Um, no, don't. I mean, keep it coming. It's like it's a it's a it's a really good time. So my cousin Brent, uh, who is, uh, is usually listening or watching, so hey, how's it going, Brent? Um, but uh, and, and also thanks for listening or watching, of course, um, he like we were at my grandfather's house and he played that that uh, that song, Paul Revere. And he knew like every word to that song. And I was just like, I'm like it, at that point in my life, I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I I want to I want to I have to have this tape. I want to hear this song. I got to learn all the words like it was the first song that I ever learned all the lyrics to. That wasn't like, you know, Mary had a little lamb or whatever. So. I mean, just awesome. So that's a great call by you. I love that. Uh, I love Paul Revere, and that uh, that tape was fantastic. So, and then, um, yeah, the Queen call shocked me a lot, just because like, I, I don't know, like I, I I like I like Queen a lot. Like they're a great band. I just I don't think they ever really get like the, you know, people talk about like who's the best band about like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, and you know, you kind of Rolling Stones are usually like somewhere on that list and. But Queen should be, absolutely should be. And they just, I don't feel like they ever get that kind of, no. I, think I don't know, Bohemian credit. I think Rhapsody definitely helped them. The movie. Bohemian oh, for Rhapsody sure. Definitely helped. Um, I mean, for a while, yeah, they were the most talked about. But just like every other thing, it it fades away. Like everyone stopped talking about Queen again. They were a hot topic. Just kind of like Lady Gaga and Bradley yeah. Cooper took over the world for a year. Like, it's just crazy how fast that works. Just like Freddie Mercury, like just oh one God. of the most special musicians of all time. Like just so talented, He's, incredible. When like you listen to him amazing. live, it's literally unbelievable. Literally unbelievable. Yeah. Incredible. So, oh um, yeah, crazy little, crazy little thing called love has always been oh, one of my like top one or two <laughs> queen songs. I, it's fantastic. They have so many good ones. So yeah, that's a great call. Um, so my one or two albums. Um, so. First, the number one by far is uh, Radiohead's OK Computer. Um, like, that shocked me. That, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, Radiohead's my favorite band of all time. So, I mean, I probably had never mentioned that before. But, uh, but yeah, like when that album came out in 97, I remember hearing it and just thinking like, I, I'm, A, I've never heard anything like this before. B, I've never heard anything so good like this before. Like they, they're just, I mean, that album every song off that album is fantastic. Like they're so, oh, it's so good from start to finish. So, um, I mean, paranoid Android, like, um, so like, I mean, the 
kids my age that grew up around listening to music, like no one talks about Radiohead. Like I'm not gonna lie That's to so you, bizarre. the only radio, like obviously I've heard Radiohead songs, and it, when Radiohead yeah. comes on, you don't skip it. But like my generation of kids, the only thing, the first thing you think of Radiohead is, um. Wait, no, it's not even Radiohead. See, that's that's you just it never comes up. I'm thinking about so if the best movie, Jack, best Jack Black movie ever, School of Rock. He, he's <laughs> listening to all these rock bands. He goes, Motorhead, and no one answers. <laughs> See, so like into my yeah. head, I thought that was Radiohead being said until I like went to say the clip out loud. Like, Radiohead's just not talked about. That's funny. Yeah. So we both had, yeah. Ones. Well, that, I mean, they're. So, you know, they had the um, the single creep was, you know, like uh, early 90s and just, you know, like a grunge Seattle sound, like it kind of sounded like all that kind of stuff. But they were, you know, like that wasn't who they were at all. And it got to the point where they just they wouldn't play that song live anymore because they really they were like, this isn't even us. Like, we kind of hate this song. We just Um, need a book. (laughs) I me Right, right. Me and um, some, uh, me and my like closest friends growing up, we went to the Tibetan Freedom concert uh, in 1998. It was at the uh, RFK Stadium, the old where the Washington Redskins used to play. Mm-hmm. Um, like a two day sh- show, uh, incredible. Like Radiohead was one of the headlining bands. REM played. It was like uh, Tribe Called Quest was there, the Beastie Boys, Dave Matthews Band. Like there was just you know Ben Harper. There were just a million bands that were. You know, especially at that time, like it seemed like everybody big uh, live was there. R.E.M. like just great, great, great band. So the uh, they played Creep at that show. I've seen Radiohead six times, six or seven. And, you know, as soon as they like the first chord of Creep came out, the whole place just stopped like in dead and in, in just stared at this at this the stage going, are you serious? Like we're going to get to hear this song live that they just won't play live, basically. So it was one of the most special moments. Like it was so freaking cool, but, but you're right. Like after that, they didn't really have too many radio hits like at all. So you just were either a fan of them and then you keep, you know, you listen to their music or you're not like, if you're, you're, you know, if you're not a Radiohead fan, you're not hearing it anywhere else, you know, like, so you're right. Like that's, that's how, like they're weirdly one of the most popular bands on the planet that no one's ever heard of. Like it's such a strange thing, you know, but but yeah, but anyways, that album for me is just, it's unbelievable. So, um, and then the, uh, a tribe called quest their uh, their second album is called the low end theory. Uh, like it's like one of the first rap albums I ever fell in love with. Like it's so, so good. Uh, you know, scenarios on there and check the rhyme and like, they, it's just amazing, amazing songs. So, uh, I've always liked tribe called quest a ton. And that album just is like the pinnacle. It's one of the, it's, that's like one of the best rap albums uh, Nas's Illmatic is might be like the best rap album of all time. Um, it's probably a couple other ones you could throw in there, but Tribe Called Quest, the Low End Theory is up there for sure. So, Tribe and Called I didn't mention Quest this last night. A, oh, sorry. They, I was just gonna tell you because I didn't tell you this last night either. Tribe Called Quest had a song on a sports video game I used to play growing up, and I can't remember which one it was. Oh, um. I'll bet it's the one from the next from Midnight Marauders. I'll bet you it's one of those. Um, but yeah, yeah, they they popped up in weird places too, like soundtrack Men in Black soundtrack, and just we you know they would just pop up in places. But like, but as far as like that late '80s, early '90s hip hop goes, like Tribe Called Quest is you know like De La Soul and those like they're just you know some of the elite What'd like rap uh, bands. So uh, De La Soul, I think they had one too. Yeah, yeah, they did for sure. 
Me, um, myself, and I. They had Matt yeah, and me, myself, NCAA and I. 06. Oh, my God. <laughs> mirror, mirror, yeah. on the wall. Yep. Tell me, Mirror, what is wrong? Yes. Can it be oh my, my God. clothes or is it? Yep. Just my De La Soul. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a really cool. Uh, and that's. No, that's I know is the Steely Dan cover. Yeah, that that's De La Soul is great too, but Tribe Called Quest is fantastic. Oh uh, and then I just, I didn't mention this last night, but today when I was thinking about it, I was like, how can I leave a Tool album off? Like, like you could pick like any like Enema or this the new one. Uh, what's it called? I well, Lateralis was another old one, but uh, uh, why am I totally blanking on their new the one that just came out last year, 2019? Uh, Fear Inoculum is amazing. Like I, I really like Tool, and so there, there's definitely a Tool album's got to be on this list for sure. I, I don't, I have it the hardest time narrowing it down, but, uh, but yeah. So, so anyways, I'm um, this and it says uh, lyrics to go was on 2K7, which was one of my most game played, most played games ever. So I'm gonna listen. Yep, we got lyrics to go, lyrics to go, got lyrics to go. Yep, absolutely. Okay, that's not, and I, I think that that is on midnight marauders i'm pretty yep. sure so but that wasn't the one i was thinking of for um for them but uh but yeah so wow very cool Gosh. um i love your answers that's awesome queen is a, a very cool um very shocking but very cool answer by you and then uh same thing with uh what's it called um what was your Jason second one again Lewis. sorry i'm blanking. yeah just awesome that that tape licensed to ill man that takes me back that's really neat so um okay uh, cool little diversion. Thanks, Chandler. I appreciate <laughs> you sharing that stuff. That's uh, that's awesome. So, um, all right, folks, let's get into the uh, week nine DFS lineup. Let's get back uh, into the and then we'll get stuff. you <laughs> get you good yeah get you good people out of here. We've talked about all the cool shit now. Yeah. So, um, so for uh, for the lineup this week, and uh, like we don't usually go over the weeks, you know, the the prior weeks lineup. Hey, what you know? How did week eight turn out? Like uh, week eight was, or I mean, the the week that shall not be named. Um, was horrible for DFS as well. Like we took some shots on some cheap players and they just, nobody did anything. I mean, it was just a terrible, terrible week. So um, I love this lineup that we put together this week. I think this is one of the best, this, I would go out and say that this is probably going to end up being the best lineup we put together all year. I really love these plays. Damn. So, um, so we're starting out with a, a Seattle stack. We're going to stack Russell Wilson with Tyler Lockett. Um, so Wilson, uh, obviously they're playing, you know, at Buffalo. We talked about that. Uh, we like the Buffalo or the Seattle side in that game, of course, minus three. Um, so we expect, you know, them to control uh, the the game. Um, Seattle is missing. Uh, Carlos Hyde has been ruled out again, and so has Chris Carson. So you're going to see DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. And then uh, they also called up Alex Collins off the practice squad. So uh, Seattle's going to have a couple, you know, mix of those. Obviously, none of them is good as Carson, so you might have to lean on Russell Wilson a little bit more, which is going to help us here, of course. Um, so Ru Russ is 9,000, and then Lockett's 7,400. Um, if Tredavious White shadows DK Metcalf the entire game, or most of the game, then Lockett's going to go just nuts. I mean, there's nobody to cover him. And uh, Buffalo's pass defense is dreadful. I mean, they've just been really, really bad. Um, especially lately, giving up lots of, you know, lots of yardage, lots of big plays, things like that. Um, Seattle's pass defense is horrible as well. They're pretty dreadful. Um, I think their worst pass defense in the league, them or Houston. And 
So we expect fireworks in this game. Uh, so we def- definitely wanted to try to hit this game up for sure. Um, we have uh, Stefan Diggs is one of our other wide receivers at 7,600. So just trying to attack this game in as many ways as possible, um, which uh, is going to be a great idea. So they're probably going to be popularly owned players, but Lockett might not be. Um, so anyways, yeah, just trying to get, you know, just trying to attack this game, like I said. Um, and then for running backs, we're going to get, uh, we took Dalvin Cook um, against Detroit. So he's 9,300. And then we have James Robinson uh, playing Houston's awful defense as well. He is 7,300. So yeah, Chandler, running backs um, and the quarterback stack. What do you, what do you think about all that? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, this, it's the Seahawks again are such a weird, a weird team. Like you talked about with just they're running back by committee, but not like, I don't know. The the Seahawks are just weird all around to me because they've got Lockett, Metcalf can, Metcalf can go off. They both go off when Carson's in there, he can go off and take away from those guys. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what to think about the Seahawks running backs this week. However, like, I I love the I love it I love this so far my my favorite is our flex player so I'll save it for that because we talked about him during our draft show yep. so it's kind of cool to see to get him like actually in on some action who he should he should should get some this week oh you mean our third wide receiver yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sorry yep. so, um yeah. no you're good and then uh, just to piggyback on what you said so like DJ Dallas uh, for Seattle had a really good game last week against the Niners who have been pretty good against the run. I was very surprised at how effective he was. He looked pretty good. So, um, you know, Buffalo's rush defense much worse than San Francisco. So if they do end up having to use him a lot, I think that he should be another, uh, really solid play. Um, not only for maybe DFS, if you want to squeeze him in your lineup, but, um, if you, you know, season long fantasy as well. Um, as you just alluded to our third wide receiver this week is Quintez Cephas. Um, so he's 4,600 uh, for Detroit. He's there at Minnesota. So every week with this, like one of the goals is to try to find the the cheap guy that's going to pay off big time, right? Like just trying to find some running back or receiver, usually receiver because you want to spend up at running back, um, who's just going to, you know, has a chance for like a, an 80-yard, two-touchdown game, and it's like, okay, great, you won your tournament or contest because – this guy was 4% owned and you had him in your lineup when nobody else did, you know, and Cephas fits that bill. So Kenny Galladay's out for a couple weeks with a hip injury. Um, Cephas played in the beginning of the season when Galladay was out as well. And he's like the Galladay replacement. So they use him on the outside, the kind of like they do with um, uh, what's called with with uh, Galladay. Um, Marvin Hall had a real nice game for them last week. Uh, He came in and played a little bit when uh, Galladay was out as well. Um, they're actually, they're both 4,600. So you really could use either one. Um, so you've got choices. That's for sure. Marvin Hall's like a, a little smaller, kind of a slot guy. And Cephas is just, um, you know, like the bigger sort of X type receiver who plays on the outside. I, I think they both have a good chance of, uh, delivering, paying off, especially only at 4,600. It's really cheap. Um, obviously this play is contingent upon Matt Stafford. We think he's going to test negative for COVID tomorrow and play. So if he doesn't, then you can't use Cephas or Marvin Hall with Chase Daniel at quarterback. So, uh, you got to go somewhere else, but if Stafford plays, then you could go with either one. I just happen to, you know, I think this a little more, as you said, Chandler, we covered him, uh, in our pre-draft podcast. We talked about him. 
because uh, my brother Tommy Kaufman's the you know defensive coordinator at Kent State um, University, and was it two years ago they had to play Wisconsin. So Cephas was on that team, uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously. So we got to talk to Tommy about, you know, Cephas and he talked about what, what a, you know, he's a big dude. He's just like a high point, you know, high point, the ball kind of receiver, like a box out guy. And he's just, he can play like a beast. So, um, Minnesota missing still has issues in their secondary. They're bad to begin with and they're still down players. So that's why we liked him as well. Um, so then moving on to tight end, we've got Jordan Aikens for 4,800, so uh, Aikens, uh, you know, the Texans are at Jacksonville. Um, Aikens has been uh, good lately, especially at a tight end position that's just been a landmine this year. I mean, it's Kelsey Waller and, you know, good luck. Find a guy like if you can, but it's been a disaster. Aikens has been relatively good. Uh, he's seeing volume. Jacksonville is horrible against the uh, pass, horrible against tight ends. So he should get... Um, some work here just hoping for a you know a nice two touchdown game or something crazy like that would be amazing but can definitely happen um our flex player is chase edmonds we talked about him before uh we like him against the miami defense the rush defense is poor um he's going to get a ton of volume obviously we think that arizona should win the game so you know hopefully there'll be some you know a lot of chances in the second half especially uh he's only 6700 so it's a really nice play this week and then to uh, wrap it up, we've got the Atlanta Falcons defense at 3,300. It's just, you know, every week we try to max out the other positions, the ones that really matter, and then just save as much money uh, as possible by picking one of the lowest, you know, uh, the, the cheapest defenses, basically. And 3,300, I mean, they're at home against Denver. We're just hoping for, you know, maybe Drew Locke has a two or three interception day. Um, you know, the Falcons, I will say this, they have been playing better, especially on defense since they fired Dan Quinn. So getting a little bit more pressure, you know, not it's, they're not such a, you know, they're not a good defense by any stretch, but they have improved a little bit. So, you know, maybe it's, uh, um, we just catch it, you know, the right week for them. And maybe we, maybe we get a defensive touchdown on a pick six or something crazy from Drew Locke. So, um, but yeah, so that's the lineup. Uh, we, it's maxed out. It's $0 remaining. So it's, it's a perfect lineup. Basically we didn't leave any money on the table this week. Um, any thoughts Chandler about any of those other guys, any of the guys that you haven't talked about yet? No. And to be honest, your Office is nice. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. So, um, as always, this uh, the the summation, the summary article of our best bets and the DFS lineup will be posted uh, atbsports.net. Um, I'll try to get that up there today for sure. It's already Saturday, so um, so you guys can check out the plays. A brief synopsis, obviously, most of the analysis is here. So, you know, but uh, you get a little quick summary in case you forgot. Hey, what were their plays again? You can always go there to check them out. So, um, yeah, that wraps up uh, the week nine show. So um, what's it called? Uh, oh, and real quick, too, the this just happened before we recorded. So the, the presidential presidential election, they just called it. Uh, so Biden is, you know, the next president of the United States. Um, look, you know. This is not going to be about a politics or anything like that. Like, I understand, you know, people that, you know, think you, you vote left or right or Democrat, Republican, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, look, I don't care if you're a Trump fan or a Biden fan or whatever, if you don't give a shit about politics. Like, just the one thing, like, please keep this in mind. Like, 
whatever, however you vote, like the person that votes opposite of you, like we're not enemies. Like we are Americans. Like we're all in this together. You know, when everybody, when the country does better, like everybody does better. And so, you know, like I, I just, I think we've gotten away from that in the last four years and stuff. And, you know, even prior to that, I mean, a lot of people on the right say that, you know, Obama was very divisive. And, you know, so I don't particularly agree with that. But look, if they feel that way, like, you know, I just anyways, just look, you know, just listen, like listen to each other. Like, you know, we're all Americans. So even if our political views are completely opposite, like, honestly, like I, I just say it like this, if we're not going to take care of each other, you know, as human beings just taking care of other human beings, then what the fuck is the point of any of this? It doesn't even make any sense. So just, you know, listen to other people and try to hear them out. And and remember, these aren't they're not your enemies. Like we're in this together. We're Americans. So please, you know, just I just wanted to say that real quick to get that off my chest. But uh, but yeah. Um, all right, folks, that does it for week nine. Uh, as always, you know, thank you if you're watching, if you're listening. us out so just take a second to rate it even if you hate it you know please let us know why is there something we could do better we'd be happy to you know check this out and or try it and uh you know improve the podcast uh for you know so it's better for you um but uh but yeah and then do all the youtube stuff like and subscribe of course and all that kind of stuff feel free to leave a comment there and follow us on twitter um and let us know if you're tailing our plays uh dfs stuff any of that kind of thing you know we'd love to you know hear about that of course um, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, the Browns are off this week, but as always go Browns and, uh, good luck to everybody with your DFS plays, your bets, fantasy, all of it. Uh, just hope you're just spend the whole weekend cashing tickets. So, um, all right, everybody go Browns and take care.